following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. I want to begin this morning by asking you kind of a weird question, okay? Here it is. How many of you hear voices? Okay, I know if you're sitting next to somebody and you're thinking about them, now they raise their hand like, okay, I'm going to scoot away. Um, let me explain what I'm, what, why I'm asking that. I'm not talking about, you know, psychotic voices or things like that. Um, I'm talking about that voice that says, uh, you want that. You need that. In fact, you deserve it. Not only that, but you are going to be so much happier if you could get it. Now, how many of you hear those voices? Okay, very good. That's what I thought. Now, let me ask you a question. So when do you hear that voice the loudest? Now, is it when you're, you know, walking through Best Buy and uh, you see that gadget, you know, that everybody else has and, and uh, you really want it and even though, you know, you don't have any more money on your credit card, you get it anyway? Or maybe for you, the, the, the loudest for you is when you're at Ann Taylor's, Right? Oh, okay, and, uh, and, you, and, you, and you see that beautiful outfit, and again, you want it. And uh, now, you couldn't pay off your credit card bill last month, but you go ahead and get it anyway. You hear that voice. You want it, you need it, you deserve it. And you would be so much more happy if you had it. And then, and then you hear this one. After all, it's on what? Sale, okay? And then, or you hear this one. Look at all the money you're saving. See, you all hear voices too, don't you? I knew it. I knew you did. Hey, listen, there is a battle. There is a war that's waging within the heart of every person who claims to even to be a follower of Jesus. A battle between wanting to follow God and to go his way, and then following our own desires, okay? Philippians 2.13, listen to this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. Now, according to this verse, when you became a follower of Jesus, God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, enters your life, and this is so cool, listen to this. God gives you the desire to do what he wants you to do in every area of your life. And the bonus is, he actually gives you the power to do it. So in other words, he gives you the desire to do what's right in your relationships. If you're a believer, you have that desire in your heart. You have the desire to do what's right on your job, in your career, but he also gives you the desire to do what's right with your finances, your money. God gives us the desire to get out of debt. He gives us the desire to manage our money. He gives us the desire to be generous. He gives us that desire to, to follow him. But listen to this. Not only does he give you the desire, but again, he gives you the power to do it. However, our own human desire is also still there. And you and I have to choose to access that power. In other words, you're not a robot. Okay? Proverbs 37 20 says it this way Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, listen to this, so human desire is never satisfied. 
Wow. So that desire to, to get more and to have more as a pathway to happiness, he says, is never satisfied. You know, that, that voice within us that says, I want it, I need it, I deserve it, I'm gonna be happier if I get it. Now, the reality is, no matter how much you get, no, no matter how much you give into those voices and into materialism, you're never gonna find happiness there. You're never gonna find contentment on that path. Because anytime we put our desires before God's desires, which ultimately is what materialism is, we're gonna talk about that today, you're always gonna be miserable. You're never gonna experience financial freedom. And so that's the heart of today's message. You know, how, how do I rein those voices in? How do I control those desires and replace that with God's desires? Now, part of the answer is you do have to develop a biblical perspective when it comes to money, okay? You see, the, the reality is money is a wild and mysterious thing. Money is powerful. You know, it, it's mesmerizing. It's personal. And, and in truth, that's why Jesus spent so much time talking about it. Jesus talked more about money and stewardship and materialism than he talked about heaven, than he talked about hell, than he talked about faith. The only thing that he talked more about was the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And so in other words, he saw the power and the control that money has over people. Now, in and of itself, though, think about this. Money is value neutral. It's value neutral. Now, what I mean by that, it's neither good nor bad. Now, I've got up here this morning, I got a what? A $20 bill, okay? I know you think, if you fill out your Connect card today, we're gonna give, no, we're not doing that. Um, everybody, look under your chair. No, okay, so, but... I could take this $20 bill and lay it there on the podium and it's not gonna jump up at me, okay? It's not gonna bite me, it's not gonna get me, you know, it's not evil and it's not good. In other words, it is value neutral. You and I have the ability to determine whether or not money is positive or negative. It's, it's how we view it, how we hold it in our life, how we use it that determines its value, whether or not it's good or bad. You know, maybe you've heard that, you know, well, the Bible says that money is the root of all evil. Listen to me, nowhere in the Bible does it say that. The Bible doesn't say that. It, this, this is what the Bible actually says. 1 Timothy 6.10, the what of money, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. In other words, money isn't evil. It's the love of money. You know, it, it's when our perspective gets warped, that it messes up our lives, when, when money takes a higher precedent, a higher priority in our life than God. And when we love money and the stuff that it can buy more than we love God and the things of God and the kingdom of God, that's materialism. And that's when it leads to death. In fact, write down this, this kind of simple working definition of materialism today. Materialism is when my heart is more preoccupied with material things than the things of God. Okay, that's materialism. When my heart is, uh, it's the condition of my heart where I am more preoccupied with the things of this world, the, the creation, okay, if you will, than I am with the creator. 
than the things of God. You see, I, ultimately, I don't think materialism is really so much about money. It's, it's not about stuff. It's not about possessions. It's, it's, it's a heart issue. You see, if you think about it that way, debt is really a heart issue. Mismanagement of your money is a heart issue. Overspending is a heart issue. It's not about money. Now, next week, we're gonna get in some nuts and bolts and we're gonna talk about you know, how you get out of debt, okay? And we're gonna look at some, um, some biblical principles. We're going to take some, uh, some very practical steps that we're gonna give you some to, that you can take to get out of debt. But let me tell you this. It doesn't matter how many practical steps you take or what kind of plan you develop or how many envelopes you, you make. If your heart's not right, you're never gonna be able to get out of debt and rein in this, this beast of materialism and stay out of debt because they're heart issues. Until you commit to letting God and his heart and his desires take precedent over your own, it's never gonna work. You know, today after church, you know, I don't know, uh, by the way, today begins our fast, our Easter fast, our 40-day fast leading up to Easter Sunday. And so let's say today, you know, you walk into a grocery store and you get five gallons of Ben and Jerry ice cream, Okay. I mean, a whole bunch of them little quarts, and you get like multiple flavors of potato chips and, and soda. Okay, the problem isn't so much the junk food. The problem is that in your heart, you want that junk food more than you want to be healthy. And so when we're in debt, we are mismanaging the blessings that God has given to us. It's, it's not a money issue. You know, it, it's, not, it's not about the stuff, it's about the heart. You know, you don't have to give up all your possessions and all your money to honor God because it's about the condition of your heart. Here's what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In other words, God can't be first in your life if money and the things that it can buy is first in your life. Only one thing can be in control, money or God. So you, you know, do some introspection. What about you today? Ultimately, what is in control of your life? You know, what's the priority? Is it money, the things that it can buy, you know, or is it God? What's the priority of your heart? The kingdom of God, the things of God, or the things of this world? You know, maybe as you're beginning, maybe you're beginning to realize as you look at your own life that you really are struggling with this thing called materialism. Now, unfortunately, this series is not called Financial Description where you just come here and you admit all the things that you're doing wrong with your finances, okay? It's called financial freedom because God wants to set you free in this area of your life. Now, here's the problem ultimately with materialism. When it takes hold of our lives, when, when we are giving priority to, to money over God, 
it creates these roadblocks in our life. And so it, it keeps God and his presence and his blessing from you know, coming into our life. You see, here's the truth. We do serve a good God, and he does want to bless you. Now, don't misunderstand that. I'm not saying that God wants to make you rich. I'm not saying that God wants to make your life super easy. By the way, if you hear anybody saying that, I don't care how popular they are, how many books they write, they're a heretic. That's not what the Bible teaches, okay? But God is a good God, and he does want to provide, and he does want to bring blessing into your life. But materialism creates roadblocks that keeps God's blessing out of your life. So let's talk about those roadblocks today, okay? If you're taking notes. Uh, roadblock number one, pride. Pride. Pride is where you take the credit for the good things that God is doing. You see, for many people, our possessions, our stuff, the, the, the things of this world, they become kind of a, a sign, um, an indication of how good you think you are. You know, a status symbol. You know, pride says, hey, look at me. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at all the stuff I have. You know, look at my home, my clothes, my car. You know, look at all my stuff. I got more stuff than you. I got better stuff than you. So therefore, I must be better than you. Okay, that's what pride does. And pride will mess you up. You know, it'll make you miserable because all you've really done ultimately is you've connected your self-worth, your self-esteem with your net worth. And, and that's a never-ending vicious cycle. You know, if, you're, if your self-worth and your view of yourself, you know, is, is connected to what you have and what, or what you don't have, then it's always gonna be going up and down depending on what you owe, what you own, how much you, you know, with, with the economy. It's a never-ending vicious cycle. So what's God's solution to pride? It's this financial principle. Write this down. Each week we're gonna give you financial freedom principles. Know God as the provider and owner. Know God as the provider and owner. God's financial truth to overcome the roadblock of pride is ultimately to know him as the owner and provider. You see, this is one of the most foundational uh, truths in scripture, and it's one of the most foundational truths in this series. And that is that everything in your life comes from God. You know, there's nothing good, nothing positive in any area of your life that you have that isn't directly a blessing from God. And, and as such, you know, when he gives you something, when he blesses you with some, you know, material blessing, when, when you have a financial blessing, that doesn't just come from God, it belongs to God. And he owns it. He lets you borrow it. You know, he, he just lets you use it. He, he just lets you manage it. But it's his. We're the managers of what he's given us. Now, it's how we use those things, how we use his car, his home, you know, the, the clothes, the food that determines where our heart is. Look at the next verse, James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from who? The Father, the father of, of the heavenly light who doesn't change like the shifting shadows. You see, if I understand this truth, you know, in, in my life, that, that God is the provider of every good thing and he's the owner of all that I have, it is going to profoundly change the way I view my life and how I live my life. Number one, 
I'm gonna be a lot more humble because I can't, I can't take credit for it. You know, it's his doing, it's his blessing. And then number two, if I understand that God is the provider and the owner, you know what it's gonna do? It's going to affect how I spend that money, how I use the possessions of my life. In other words, let's go back to that $20 bill. If I understand that this ultimately belongs to God and it came from God, it will affect how I'm going to invest it, how I'm going to use it, and how much power it has over my life. Because, you see, you're gonna hold it up and you're gonna go, okay, God, you gave this to me. It's a gift from you. You own it. So, how do you want me to use it? How do you want me to spend it? How can I leverage it for your kingdom? God, what are your priorities? Let me tell you something. That, that is a great way to live. And it'll set you free. The second roadblock of materialism, really it's the opposite side of this coin. Uh, first was pride. Second is guilt. Guilt. You know, pride, in, in a weird way, wants others to think that you paid more for your stuff and that you're kind of a bigger deal, right? And uh, guilt wants people to think that you play, paid less for your stuff than you actually paid for it because you feel guilty about it. Now, let's say somebody comes up to me today and they go, uh, you know, Pastor Chris, I really like your ensemble today. You know, I like your shirt, I like those jeans. By the way, that's never happened in the history of Coastal, okay? But let's just pretend for a second that happened. You know, Pastor Chris, I really like what you're sporting today. And my response is, oh, this old thing, you know, I mean, seriously. And they're like, oh, no, look at the brand. Boy, that's expensive. No, 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 no. I, I got it at a thrift store. And not only did I get it at the thrift store, I got it at the sale rack on the thrift store. And not only did I get it on the sale rack at the thrift store, but I got it at that rack right before they throw it out to the garbage. Okay, now, why? Why do people do stuff like that? You know, why, why does anybody want you to think that you, you know, that what you're wearing or what you have is garbage? You know why? Because of guilt. Now, maybe you won't relate to that, but listen to me. There are some of you here today who actually feel guilty when God blesses you. And you feel guilty about the blessing that God has brought into your life. I mean, here we have a loving heavenly father and who wants to bless you in so many different ways, and yet you walk around embarrassed over the blessings that God has given to you, and then you try to apologize it for all the time. That's unbelievable. And you know what? That's materialism too. Just as much as pride is. Because you're actually denying the God who brought that into your life. And you know what? That is just as insulting to him. So what's the solution? The solution is this principle. Develop an attitude of gratitude. We talk about that a lot here at Coastal. Develop an attitude of gratitude. When you, whenever you receive a blessing from God, you just say, God, you know what? Thank you. I know this is from you. Thank you for this gift. I recognize it comes from you. I mean, if someone comes up to you and they comment on a, on a blessing that God you know, has brought into your life, whether that's a relationship or you know, the home that you live in, the clothes that you have, you know, the job that you, that you got, or the car that you're driving, or the vacation that your family took, whatever it is, listen, don't boast about it like it's your doing, but on the other side, don't apologize either like, like you owe people an explanation. You just say thank you, and most of the time in your own heart, you can give credit to God. 
Why should you ever be ashamed of what God is doing in your life? That is false humility, and it's insulting to God. Look at this next verse, Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know what I've discovered as a pastor now for a long time? As Christians, we're pretty good at the weeping part. You know, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, sure, we can always do a better job at everything. But I mean, for the most part, you know, somebody goes through a tragedy, somebody's hurting, somebody's going through a storm, and they're going through a difficult time. Man, we'll, we'll circle around those people, we'll rally, we'll pray, we'll cry, we'll weep. But you know what? We're pretty terrible at the celebrating part. We're pretty bad at rejoicing with people. You know, for one thing, you know, when we see somebody rejoicing or happy over something God's done in their life, you know what we do? We get jealous. Or a lot of times we don't even want to share what God's doing in our life because we're afraid what other people might feel about us. You know, we feel guilty. Well, God's blessed me, but I'm not sure what he's doing for them, and I don't want to share. And so what happens is there's no rejoicing with people who rejoice. Maybe this week in your, in your life group, you know what you ought to do? You ought to begin the group by just going around the room and sharing. I do this all the time in my men's group. Hey, what, anybody got any good news today? Something you're thankful for? Something God's doing in your life? Let's just share. And just celebrate, celebrate the blessing that God's brought into your life. Yes, there's a time to weep with those who weep, but there's a time to rejoice. Roadblock number three, envy. Envy is spiritual and emotional poison. Envy will take somebody who is absolutely happy and perfectly content with their life and their circumstances and make them absolutely miserable without changing one thing in their life. Envy leads us to making some very stupid financial decisions. You know, because we see somebody else who's got something that we don't have, and, and so we go out and uh, we gotta get what they have, and man, it brings all kind of trouble. In America, we call it keeping up with the, the Joneses. You know what that is? That's buying stuff you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't even like. Okay, that's what that is, and it's crazy. So how do you overcome it? Here's the principle. You gotta learn to admire without the need to acquire. Admire without the need to acquire. I develop the ability to admire something that God has blessed somebody else with without always feeling like I gotta go out and get it for myself. You know, if you see something, you know, or you see someone with something nice, man, you know, you know what y'all do? Just think to yourself, go God. Man, way to go God. Way to bless that person. Man, I'm, I'm happy for them. You don't have to have it. James 3.16 says this, for where you have, listen to this, where you have envy and selfish ambition, he says, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Wow confusion, and every evil thing in your life because you're jealous of what other people have. You see, the solution of envy is not, having, it's not getting more. That'll just lead to more emptiness, more you know, frustration. You know, it'll just make you more miserable. The solution is learning to be content. Because when I'm content, when I find my ultimate satisfaction in the creator and not the creation, I don't feel the pressure to buy stuff I don't have. 
You know, for many of you who are uncontrolled spenders, and it really is an issue for you, and you've been thinking about that as we come into this fast, many times that's a, that's a self-esteem thing. You, you're failing to get your worth from your creator, and you're looking for something else to find your satisfaction in. Number four, the last roadblock, this is a big one too. It's selfishness. You know, self, selfishness goes back to kind of the, where we began this series last week with. It's, it's closed-fisted living. It's saying, you know what, God? Everything in my life, it's all mine. You know, it belongs to me. You know, I did it, and it's my stuff, and I'm gonna determine how I'm gonna use it, how I see fit. But that way of life never satisfies if you're living that way, it's gonna push people out of your life. It'll lead to loneliness. It'll lead to discontent. So how do you avoid this? How do you avoid this roadblock of selfishness? Our next freedom principle is this. Write this down. Learn, learn the secret of generosity. Generosity. Ultimately, generosity is the great antidote to selfishness and to materialism. If you really wanna be set free from materialism, you gotta to learn to be generous. Deuteronomy 15, 11 says this, therefore I command you to be open-handed toward your brothers, toward the poor and the needy in your land. Open that, uh, underline that phrase, open-handed. Again, remember, this is where you say, okay, God, you own this. You know, you have blessed me with this, so I want you to show me how to use it. How can I be a blessing to others? How can I leverage the things of this world, the creation that you have let me manage? How can I leverage it and use it for good and for your kingdom? And let me tell you something, man, that leads to joy because it breaks the stranglehold that materialism has in our hearts, the need to always have more, the need to keep up with the Joneses, the need to fill the emptiness in your life with stuff. Generosity breaks that hold in your life and it begins you to focus on others. What you're saying is, God, I'm putting you first. You know, I'm putting you over my money, over stuff, and you get the priority in my life. Now, maybe you're here today and you're thinking to yourself, you know, Pastor Chris, I'd like to be more generous. I would. I'd, I'd like to live more open-handed like you've been talking about. And I, I want to obey God in this area. But I'll tell you the truth. Man, I'm afraid. You know, I look around and, and, and I see the economy and I see it going up and down. And I'm struggling financially to make ends meet and I don't know if I have enough. So instead of living open-handed, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna close my fist a little bit because I'm afraid of what's gonna happen if I live that generous life and if I ask God, God, you know, how do you want me to live? What do you want me to do? I'm afraid. Listen, I wanna share something with you from my heart. Fear is the tool of the enemy. Fear is what Satan uses to keep you in bondage, to keep you trapped. You know, I gotta keep it for myself because I'm afraid of what's gonna happen. Let me tell you something, that's a trick. 
Because God does want to bless your life. And what Satan is doing is he's actually setting up a roadblock so that your life can't experience the blessings of God. Now again, let me be clear. I'm not saying that you know if you live open-handed that God's gonna make you wealthy. The Bible doesn't say that. I'm not saying if you live a generous life that life is gonna be easy. The Bible doesn't say that either. But what the Bible does say that if you take care of God in his business, that if you live a generous life, if you obey him, if you follow him, if you put the creator above the creation, that God is going to bless you and he's gonna give you and provide you with everything that you need. That is a promise straight from God, a promise straight from his word. Listen, if you live generously, God is gonna want to bless you with more because he knows that he can trust you. He's gonna give you more so that you can keep on being a blessing to other people. That's the way it works. And you know what, Coastal, let me tell you something. We strive here at this church to be known as a generous and open-handed church. You know, that's why week after week after week, if you're a first-time guest here today, you know, before you leave, we want you to stop at our welcome and guest tent because we got a gift for you. You know, we give stuff away. That's why we, we give away books. That's why we give away food. That's why we give away so much food, so much coffee. That's why we serve and bless our community. That's why we serve and bless Oakland Elementary School. That's why we serve the first Saturday of, of every month and try to bless our community. Why? Last week, that's why we gave away $1,000 to help pay down people's debt. Why? Because we want to be known as a generous, open-handed church. We want to put our money where our mouth is. And my challenge to you today is this. You be that kind of person. Be generous. Be an open-handed person. If you're going to break the grip, the, the, the vice of, of materialism, you've got to learn to be generous. Live a life of generosity and defeat the materialism in your own life by opening up your hand and living the blessed life that God has in store for you. And I do, I wanna challenge you today to, um, to sign up for our Easter fast. I mean, I just really believe that principle. And it's found in scripture too, by the way, that there are just some strongholds in your life that you're not gonna break without prayer and fasting. And maybe this has just got a hold on you. And so on the back of your Connect card today, my next step, it says this. I will participate in the 40-day Easter fast starting today and ending March 30th. And guess what? Last week, we had over 220-something people already sign up for this. Man, just join with us. Each week, you'll get a little devotion uh, from somebody on our staff just trying to encourage you. And again, don't make a big deal about it. Don't flaunt it. In fact, the Bible says if you post pictures of yourself looking all sorry and denying yourself of things, then you've got all the blessing you're ever gonna get, okay? That's what Jesus said, so don't do that. But if you wanna share with us what it is you're fasting just for a little bit level, a little level of accountability, that's fine. But we wanna challenge you just to, you know, to give up something physical, deny yourself something physical, whether that's social media, uh, whether it's uh, speaking negatively, whether it's a certain food or food group or whatever it might be, you figure it out what it is for you. And I promise you, God will do something amazing in your life if you'll devote that time to the creator and God. And so I wanna challenge you to do that over the next 40 days. You know, this morning, um, 
You know, next week we are, again, gonna talk about specifically how to get out of debt. But these first two weeks, really, it's all about laying the foundation for that. You know, I could care less if you pay down a whole bunch of debt and, you know, anything like that if your heart's not right. You know, again, because, you know, think about that. If, this, if over the next 40 days you, you know, you know, stop eating meat or you give up soda or sugar or social media, you know, but you don't pray and you don't focus on God, you know, you've just gone on a 40-day diet. That's it. Hadn't changed your life. And you see, guys, that's what Coastal is about. That's what we're trying to do. You know, that, that first song, again, that we sang this morning, said, I'm alive. We want to resurrect that which was dead and bring it to life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And listen, you can have that today. You can have that new life in Christ. You can be made brand new. That's what being born again is all about. How does that happen? It happens through faith. God has already taken care of all that needed to be taken care of. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, and he died on a cross for your sin, for your mistakes, for your shortcomings. He paid the price. Jesus did that. And he proved that he was righteous enough. He proved that he was who he said he was and that he rose from the dead. He came back to life. It was witnessed by hundreds of people. It was recorded in human history. They turned the world upside down. And if you will simply put your faith, your trust in him and what he accomplished for you, you'll be made brand new. You'll come alive. And then listen to this. It goes back to where we started. He'll give you the desire to follow him and he'll give you the power to do it. Isn't that beautiful? Not only does God provide the way, he gives you the means to keep doing it and to see him in the very end. He's taking care of it all. But you're not a robot, and he's not gonna force himself on anybody. You come to him in faith. Are you ready to do that today? For those of you who've already made that decision, maybe today is, you know what? I've been walking around in pride and in guilt, or guilt, or maybe I've been envying my brothers and sisters, or maybe, just maybe, I've not been very generous and you're ready to change that today. He'll give you that desire. In fact, he gave you that desire, and he'll give you the power to do it. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for uh, our opportunity to be here today and to gather in your presence with your people. And um, Father, I just pray that, um, you know, over these next 40 days, that we really would break the grip, the stronghold that, the stuff of this life sometimes has in our heart. And that we would, um, you know, focus more on you and our relationship with you than the things of this world and money and the things that it can buy. And God, I believe that there are people here each and every week or someone that's watching this online right now that's ready to come home, that really is ready to deal with their heart. And if that's you today, if you know that God has been drawing you to himself and you're ready to be adopted into his forever family, just pour out your heart to God right now in a prayer. And just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I do believe. 
And today I want to come home. I have I pushed you out of my life. I've walked away from you. And yet I've known, I've known that there is something more to this life. I've known there's something greater than, than me and what I can see and touch and feel. And I know it's you. I've tried to fill that hole with the stuff of life, money and the things that it can buy or relationships. But God, today I believe there's nothing that can fill that hole except for Jesus. And I come to him today. I humbly admit my sin. I turn away from all of that. I repent. And today I take that step of faith. I do believe. I believe that Jesus is your son, God. I believe he paid the price for my sin on the cross through his, his crucifixion. But he proved his power over sin and death through his resurrection. And I believe that. And today, I place my trust and my faith in him and what he did for me through his death, burial, and resurrection. And God, now, for the rest of my life here on this earth, I do, I just wanna follow him now. And and I do, God, I, I wanna start seeing my stuff and my things and as yours. You're the owner. You're the provider. Now, God, I want to see how can I leverage this? How can I use all of this stuff of life for your kingdom? Thank you, God. Thank you for loving me. And God, I pray that you would do a powerful thing in this church over the next 40 days as we pray for Easter and as we pray for our own financial freedom, that we would deny ourselves whatever it is that, you know, for, for us as an individual, that thing that comes to mind, that area that's been kind of a, uh, a stronghold, that we'll kind of give that over to you. We'll spend time in your words, spend time at your feet and listen. And uh, God, that we will uh, we'll come alive as we prepare for Easter. We love you, Father. We pray all these things today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.